I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. So we'll start with you, Stig. What's your number 10 TV anti-hero? Uh, so my number 10 is Ragnar Lothbrok from Vikings. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, so it's a bit out. I, I kind of threw this one in last minute. It was teetering on there and I thought, Do you know what? No, I think he's a really good anti-hero because obviously he's based on a real life Viking who was one of the first to explore a place like France and England. Um but I think what makes him a good anti-hero is that he's a really complex character and he, and he clearly does hero things, but he's a Viking at the end of the day and we kind of know what Vikings do or did. You know, a lot of raiding, pillaging, killing and sacking of lands. But the show presents him as a hero. He's a hero for his people. He's worshipped by the people in Catechate. He's revered throughout Norway. That's how the show presents him to us. It does a very good job of he's leading armies into England and France, but the the show does a very good job of showing other Vikings doing the bad stuff and never presenting him doing that. But at the center of it, he's in charge. He's the man that's driving his people to go and do that. And I just think that he's a real great, like, like I said before, he's a character that you love to get behind and you love to see succeed because the French and the British, they're, they're seen as the bad guys in Vikings and, and Ragnar's the hero, but he isn't really, he's doing bad things to people, to innocent people in, mm. you know, for personal gain at the end of the day. Mm. To be fair, I, we, we said this during the, the movie villain or the, the TV villain episode is that a good villain is somebody that from their point of view, they're doing the right thing. They yeah. don't. They don't think they're a villain with what they're doing. They what they they're doing what they believe in. See, the one thing with Vikings, I was. I think I watched the first series and thought it was really good, and I don't understand why I never carried it on. How many series has there been now? I think there is six or seven, and now there's a spin-off one which is set about a hundred years down the line. Oh right, okay, yeah, it's, it's really good. Show. Like the show does like a time jump, so you, you kind of his sons who are kids within i think season three 
by the time season four, they're like grown adults. So it skips a lot. Yeah, it's a show I've never seen. Is it? Somebody told me it's really, I, I should watch it because I might enjoy it. It's quite brutal. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, a lot of really good. Um, considering it came out around the same time of Game of Thrones, it was doing a lot until Game of Thrones got all the money. Um, mm. It was doing better things with battle scenes and stuff like that. You actually got to see them and huge, yeah. you know, Viking wars happening. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I need to pick that back up because yeah. is that on Netflix? Is it Netflix that it was on? It was. I don't know if it is anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on Prime now. Oh, yeah, it might be on Prime. Yeah. Prime. Okay, that's a good one to start off with. Go on then, Neil. You're number 10. So it's just a good old classic Buffy and it's Spike from Buffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this is a real villain that turned into a semi-good guy, I suppose. Um now I rewatched Buffy in the lockdown. I didn't get through all of the series because there's a lot to watch, but I did get quite a way in. And when I, when I first watched Buffy, I found Spike. I thought he was an appalling actor. <laughs> I always felt the English action was um, accent was really ropey. But watching it back now, I really sort of enjoyed it more. And it's very very pantomime villain is what he is, um, and enjoy it. And I think he gets a lot of the best lines in the series. Um, not to say it, also to say he gets with Buffy herself. Um, are you a fan of Buffy, both of you? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I used to watch it because my wife was mad on Buffy, and then mm. obviously after that, Angel. Um, so I sort of watched it by proxy yeah. kind of thing. I was really <laughs> surprised how well it held up because obviously it was the 90s when it first came out, wasn't it? And I thought, you know, I didn't think it dated too bad. Apart from the first series, if you go back and watch it, it's very dark. It's hard to see some of the things, even with the new TVs and everything. It was very dark. But Spike, I think, was a great character. A great, you know, there was a great... We talked about arcs. That was a perfect example of him being... The arc of being the real bad guy from Series 2 through and then slowly becoming, well, the anti-hero of the piece, Mm. wasn't he? What happened happened to him at the end, Buffy? Didn't he go off to Angel? To the they, they moved, the loads from moved back and forth and I, I can't yeah. remember because I, I did similar to you um several years ago we started a rewatch and for some reason I think we just burnt out on it because we were yeah every, forget- every night it was like oh we'll have a couple of episodes and then eventually we got to the last series and we just kind of drifted off and never finished it again but that was that was in the days episodes. that was in the days of like 22 24 episodes a season wasn't it where they, yeah. they don't do that anymore no. they sort of, the americans have followed the sort of british thing of six to maybe 10 episodes in the season yeah because we i think we've still got them all on on dvd up in the loft and they were like just big thick books of yeah they DVDs really are you, and, you know they're a good 45 minute 50 minute episodes as well yeah. Yeah. yeah, but some great episodes out there, and I would say anybody that's never watched it, I would recommend delving in and seeing a bit of that. Especially, you know, I know we really shouldn't talk about him much, but Joss Whedon when he was in his prime, yeah. doing great things. Yeah, yeah, and also one of the greatest musical episodes of TV oh, yeah. ever with that "Once More with Feeling" was just it's some great phenomenal. songs. Grand yeah. Spike had Spike had one of the best songs in that as well. Uh, okay, my number 10 is a comedy character um, that we've known throughout the ages and centuries. It's Edmund Blackadder. Oh, it's my uh, number nine. Yeah. Is that your number nine? Yeah. Okay, we've got a, we've got a 
got one already. That's good. Um, yeah, mainly for the fact that, I mean, he's pretty much a shit all the way through. The, the, well, apart the, from the first series, though, isn't he? Well, no, he was more, an idiot in the first yeah. series, wasn't he? But he still Dude. wanted, he got to the point where he wanted power, didn't he? And he was mm. going to lie and be deceitful no matter what. So he was like that all the way through, even the Christmas special. Where he starts there, he starts off as a good person, but then realizes being good is no good to anybody. So you might as well just be a shit and be nasty to people, and you get more out of it. So I think he's one of those classic characters that he didn't really have an arc. I don't think. I think he was just devious all through the centuries. He was of, of the different characters that he was, different levels of stupidity, maybe. Mm. Uh, I think he became more cunning the older you know the, 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 as the series went on. Um, but I think he was just always looking out for himself, didn't care about anybody else. He just wanted to either get money for himself or power or position for mm. himself. So I think he's, but then you also root for him a little bit because he's very clever as well. He's wily like a fox. Well, he thinks he's clever. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, well, I wouldn't say he's got the level of like Laurel and Hardy where they're both as thick as each other, but they both mm. think that they, well, I suppose Hardy thinks he's clever and Laurel just doesn't know what clever means well it doesn't think does he no whereas yeah you're probably right in the blackadder does think that he's the cleverest person in the room where he's Mm. probably probably not most of the time anyway uh alice your number nine please number nine okay this is probably my most like mainstream probably most recognizable one but yeah number nine it is are you not entertained no again another one that i you you just say you say in everyday life when you do something stupid or you think you've done something funny or whatever it's like you not entertained but yeah (laughs) brilliant i really like that film um it's just a great moment it like it gives me like goosebumps every time just, just that moment. There's just something like so powerful, so raw about it. And I'm always like, I'm a little bit on the fence about Russell Crowe. Like, I don't always feel like super convinced by him, and I don't love everything that he's in. But in that, and in that moment especially, I just think he's brilliant. Mm. Completely agree. I think that's him at his absolute top of his game. Mm. I think, yeah. you know, he's just fantastic in that movie. We went through that period, didn't he? From in the early 2000s, he's just been in so many great movies. It's um, from Gladiator. Sorry, I realised I don't think he's forgetting right. to you say what the film is. What if, what if someone hasn't seen Gladiator? Well, just, we oh, sorry, you're guys. Your, your impersonation was perfect. Everyone would yeah. know who Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. But That's yeah. Russ, that. Yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's somebody now that is like, obviously he's had great success. Now he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He'll just no, do whatever, chilling, whatever yeah. movies he wants to do. I mean, he's, I think he's the best thing in um, Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Have you not watched it yet? No, but he's no. just so over the top. Let me put it that way. He's just so over the top. Well, he can be, can't he? I mean, but he can be. That film, the man was it the man with the iron fist that he did. I ended up watching that, which is um, martial arts movie, and he was in that, that's and he was right. hamming that up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a great one. Okay, Neil, you're number nine, please. Right. So let's get tense. Yippee motherfucker. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it's Die Hard, just in case people are like, oh, I thought that was from the Paddington movies. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and I know it's, I've, I've been saying it since I heard it in the movie. I know it's really cliched and people shouldn't, but I still do let the, the odd one come out, especially if I'm excited. 
I normally say, are you not entertained? (laughs) (laughs) And then there's normally silence. (laughs) But it's a great, it's a great line. And the fact that they tried to show Die Hard early before the watershed years ago, and they put um, Yippee-ki-yay melon farmer instead, (laughs) didn't they? Really? Did that really Yeah, that's what they overdubbed. No Just makes it even better. I mean, wow. Yeah, they, and maggot farmer they used once, maggot all sorts farmer. of things. It's like, That's Jesus. Funny. But it's a great line, isn't it? From probably one of the best action movies ever made. Yeah, Simple, but really effective. Yeah. Similar with your James Bond one as well. Like, like they're really, you know, they're just to the point, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. No mistaking. Mm. Yeah, you know exactly yeah. what it's from. Well, I think, well, I've got, I've got one a little bit later on in my top 10 where... What, like you said, Alice, they're, they're succinct and to the point. And I think if any, if a normal person wrote them, it would be like five or six lines of dialogue between two people. Whereas these writers know how to do it in like one line or yeah. a quick line from me and a quick line from you. And you've said everything you need to say. Yeah. Uh, mere mortals would just take paragraphs and paragraphs of writing and, and well, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. I'll go, what's going on then? It, 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 as in, yeah. Just those little points, boom, succinct and iconic. Mm. Yeah. Real skill to that to try and convey like all that meaning in such a short space of time. And I think Yippie Kaye motherfucker really, it does do that because the Yippie Kaye is so silly and daft and like almost playful. And then the motherfucker is just kind of like, nah, man, I'm fucking John McClane. You know me, bitch. <laughs> exactly. sort of thing, isn't but it? it's, it's, it links in, isn't it? If you listen to the conversation he's having with over the, over the uh, walkie talkies, it, it is because they, he thinks he's a Cary Grant, you know, Roy Rogers, isn't it? Roy Rogers, isn't yeah. it? Roy yeah. Roy Rogers. Yeah. And, but yeah, uh, and then the thing is, they even watered it down in the Die Hard movies as they went on, didn't they? I, I think the last know. in number well, four the, and number five, he never actually said "Yippee ki yay, motherfucker." He got, he got like as he was about out, to yeah. say it, they they cut, and it's like, why? Mm. Just let because that. they made it twelves. Mm. Oh yeah. come on, man! Yeah, hey. and it became an eighteen movie. It was supposed um, to be the John McClane version of Bond, James Bond, wasn't it? Is yeah. that that's like his calling card? Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Good one, Neil. Good one. Very good. Uh, my number nine is, uh, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. That's my number eight. Yay! I oh, know. <laughs> what is that from? Sorry, I don't That's Doctor Strange, love. Oh, okay. It's Doctor Strange, love. <laughs> Doctor Strange, love. You know Doctor Strange. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, see it. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen it. Yeah. It's Doctor Strange, love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's Northern uh, Path. It is, it is. But it's, it's again... It's a bloody funny line. It's a great line. It's a great it's line. such a funny... And the fact that, yeah, it's just... The, the, the whole meaning towards it is just so funny. It's a great movie, though. Great movie. For, again, full of great lines. Indeed. But, yeah. Indeed. And I think like, it's one of Peter Sellers' like greatest performances in, like, what, two or three... Is it three, two or three roles he has in that movie? Three, isn't it? Three, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Stanley Kubrick doing a sort of like a, a black comedy is uh, a black comedy that is proper, probably the funniest black comedy I think I've ever seen because it's pure laugh out loud, loud, isn't it? Uh, it is, it is, but it's also yeah. unsettling as well. Oh, in, yeah, in that unrelevant Kubrick, again, that Kubrick kind of way, <laughs> unrelevant. 
and relevant. Yeah, yeah. It's have you ever I, seen this one, Alice? I haven't, but I've, it's it's on my list of things that I need to watch because I do I do like stuff that is like about about war i like war films but then i also kind of like you know anything that's to do with like the threat of war and stuff and you know nuclear weapons and all that is all very interesting um but you no i've no idea off your tits at the moment in real life then oh yeah i'm loving it i'm just like watching it all like oh yeah here we go it's happening it's happening um but they're doing what they're doing um killian murphy's going to be in it oh one about about the guy who invented the atom bomb or the nuclear bomb. Oh yes, it's the. the oh, um, oh, oh what's it going to be called? I can't remember. What's the guy's name? Oh yes. yeah, that's oh, a no, Christopher Nolan. Christopher movie, Nolan movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's what's the name of the guy who invented uh, the who invented the bomb? It's like remember. so iconic and famous. I can't think Mr. of what it's Atom. called. Mr. <laughs> Atom. It is. is that right? I'll know it when you say it. It is. Tenant. Oh no, that's what. No, that's because <laughs> David Tennant. That's what it is. David Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. That's it. That's it. So is is that character in Doctor Strange Love? Is it like Ooh, is the question. character of Oppen? Like is is there is he in it or is it not about that? Have I just completely I misunderstood what the film's about? So I thought the film was based on him and like a take on his life sort of thing. And what well, he did. there's a few of them. There's like the general who's. Um, who's based on the, from the well, anniversary today of recording, the Cuban Missile Crisis 60 mm. years ago, wasn't it? And there was one of the generals which kept saying to um, Kennedy um, at the time, um, we must go to war with them over this. We must <laughs> respond straight away with bombs. And he, Kennedy was like, no, we're not going to, but... And he's based on there. I'm not sure about that. No, it doesn't look like it. I think they're all made up uh, names. I've yeah, I'm 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 misremembering it. So there might, I yeah, think, there might I been, should watch that film. Yeah, they're they're sort of parodies of people that were really around, apparently. Mm-hmm. General mm-hmm. Buck Turgidson. I mean someone with Turgid on in his name is uh, uh, General Jack D. Ripper is one of the Ooh, good. names. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's is it George C. Scott, isn't it? George C. Scott plays Turgidson, yeah. Yeah, he's the one. He's a real warmonger and he's very good in the role. Mm. So back to you, Rick, for your number eight, please. All right, so my number eight is, um, again, it's one that didn't grab me at first, actually, um, from the Tom Cruise pantheon, but I, I watched it a few times since, and it's Last Samurai. Oh, um, okay. okay, this nearly made it onto my list. Nearly yeah, did. And just like you were saying before, Pav, actually, it's, 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 for me, it's a more grown-up cruise. I really like the fact that he's, it's, it's a, well, number one, it's a, it's a drama around a clash of culture, which I think for a Hollywood movie is, is quite interesting. They don't, they're not very um, uh, patriotic in it. It's a very un-American, tub-thumping movie because they are very much saying, you know, look, there's two sides to every story here. He, obviously, he gets captured. I don't know if you know the story, but he's, um, he's in the U.S. Army. He gets captured by the samurai. And um, and he sort of learns their ways, but but because he can't speak their language, and because they either can't or don't want to speak English to him, there's a lot of physical acting in it, and there's a lot of movements and and sort of it's it's a very sort of there's moments when the movie was wandering around and it, it's there's no word spoken, but it's all about them sizing him up and him sizing them up, and it's it's kind of fascinating to watch. I quite like that, and it's something mm. I haven't really seen from Cruz before because he is very you know chatterboxy, and when he gets the lines, but. There's a fantastic moment in it where he's been he's been wandered around the camp and with this bodyguard, this Japanese bodyguard, and you think, okay, well, obviously the bodyguard's there to stop him having a go at you know the the Japanese uh, samurai and the people mm. who live there, but it's the other way around. 
They've, mm. they've given him a bodyguard because they think oh, we might get attacked. And it's that assumption that it challenges. And mm. I really like that. I think that's a really clever sort of um, movie. And I just think, I just really like the way he acts in it. And yeah, it's just, it's just more complicated than enemies just, you know, being enemies. There's lots of gray mm. areas. And it's, it's just a very beautifully shot movie as well. Um, and he looks, I mean, you know, I think he looks pretty sexy in it as well. Do you know what I mean? He's, like, he's got the longer hair, hasn't he's he? He's got the longer yeah. hair and he's got his armor on. I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, you look, you look pretty mm. cool in it. But again, yeah, just, just kind of one of those ones that's crept up on me, I think. Was that an Ed Swick movie, wasn't it? I don't Ed's... know. I did look up quite a lot of who, who did this, but um, I don't know, actually. Yeah. Ed Swick, I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I love the relationship between him and Billy Connolly. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> they were, it was Ed Swick, yeah. Yeah. Right. They, they, um, they, they, I mean, they seem to have bonded, but it sort of showed when the, there's a great um, the clip that you probably find it on YouTube, I've seen it many times, of when Tom Cruise was on the um, Parkinson show. Um, they're promoting it, and then obviously Billy Connolly came on. I've never seen somebody genuinely laugh for as long as Tom Cruise with Billy Connolly. It's a great, great um, clips. And it shows that they probably did strike up quite a good friendship while making it, which is quite sweet. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it's got our favourite Neil, Ken Watanabe's in it as well. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, Watanabe. Yeah, he plays like the the elder of the samurai, doesn't he? And is, there's a whole... Yes. Mm. And then gets, I think Tom Cruise, obviously there's a romance in there. He gets involved with, with his uh, daughter at one point, I think, doesn't he? And he's a bit like, don't you? Yeah, don't it's been, been a while. But again, another visually stunning movie. And Beautiful, great, yeah. I always find that it, it, was, it was very similar to Dances with Wolves. That's yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. That was the thing that. that I think maybe sort of turned me off it a little bit because mm. I'm, a, I'm a big right. Kevin Costner fan. And I think it was that I hadn't quite turned into liking Tom Cruise as much then, I thought, I just thought mm. it's a rip-off. It's just a, you know, mm. samurai version of uh, of that. But no, it's a good one. Mean. I know what you mean, actually. It, it was weirdly my mum that told me to watch it. She was like, you need to watch this movie with Tom Cruise. It's very good. And I was I was a bit like you. I was a bit like, I don't know, it looks a bit, a bit iffy, that. But uh, it's grown on me. I'd give it a watch. It's good. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, go on, Neil, number eight. Vanilla Sky. Um... I love the surrealism of this movie. I really do. Um, I, Open Your Eyes was the original Spanish film with Penelope Cruz, I think it was in that one as well, wasn't she? Um, which I'd seen years and years before and completely forgotten until this one came out and then people said it was a remake and then you could see the, the links between it. But again, it's another good performance by Tom Cruise and again, another visually stunning movie. That whole Times Square bit when he's on his own is... is a joy to behold, as I suppose some people would say. Um, it's a confusing plot line, isn't it? It's almost did they, didn't they? What's real? What's not real? Sort of thing. Um, have you have you seen this one, Pav? Not all the way through. No, no. I've seen bits of it. So yeah, no. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. And then so it's probably not a good film to see halfway through if it's no, confusing no you'll probably be sat there going I have no idea what's going on right I'd now I'd probably be saying that if I'd watched all of it to be perfect yeah the, well you do in bits uh, Rick will probably testify you really yeah. do it is a, it's a confusing movie let's put it that way but it's enjoyable nonetheless and everybody that's in it is really really good and again it's Cameron Crowe again it is yeah yeah um, real real departure from his usual stuff because he's quite breezy sort of easy breezy isn't he with his, yeah. um, some of his stuff but now completely agree with you I, it's beautifully shot it is a bit confusing it does get me in the pit of my stomach a little bit it's a very unsettling it's very similar to um eyes wide shut very unsettling movie 
Yeah, um, yeah, there really again, is. I think, I think again, this almost made it in. Uh, you know, there's a lot that you're mentioning almost made it in, but yeah, I, I really like it. But it's just, it sets me a bit on edge when I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I understand yeah. that. I feel like Vanilla Sky is one of those kind of movies when you're an actor that you've made enough money that you can then go and make whatever kind of movie you want. Yeah. Because I don't think yeah. that Vanilla Sky is the kind of movie that's going to make $200 million at the box office. I mean, it did incredibly well. Did it? Right. Yeah, I always remember when it came out and it was at the time when Empire and that, you know, prominently would feature the letters page. Yeah. And the amount of people that would write in and go, I took my girlfriend to see Vanilla Sky or I took my boyfriend to see Vanilla Sky, whichever, and we have no idea what it's about. Could you please explain? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, it's confusing. Yeah. Maybe read the synopsis then watch it. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, because um, it genuinely is confusing. When you're watching it, really it you genuinely do get confused about, oh, hang on, what's going on? But Yeah, because yeah. Cameron Diaz pops up and then it's Penelope Cruz and then it's like, and yeah. then it's, he's not, because he's, he's, his face is obviously a bit scarred and then it's not, and you think, what is happening here? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Sound, you make it sound intriguing, that's for sure. It's it's very, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, my number eight was Minority Report, which we've already spoken about. Uh, right then, John, um, your number seven, then, please. Uh, right. Well, interestingly, uh, it was uh, something that has been mentioned before, and then something else was mentioned before, and I thought, well, maybe I could do a switch. Oh. Uh, so, because I don't like it, but it's a true groundbreaking, world-changing invention, which is the Kalashnikov. Oh, uh, right. And just, or prior to that just the ability to automate the firing of bullets mm. uh with the the one that rotates whatever it's called um gatling gun, uh, gatling gun the it? gatling gun the gatling gun was the big invention that i was that i was thinking of that i have written about before and i forgot to look it up uh but that changed the whole nature of war um made it much more destructive etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's not very nice to dwell on so um uh, uh i thought i'd just give a mention an interesting fact about the lawnmower of oh. course, yeah. Which Blashnikov so, to lawnmower? So, so, so sod the Gatling gun. Let's yeah. go. For, let's go for the lawnmower. So it was in fact invented in Stroud, uh, which so it's got local local heritage. Wow. And um, so interestingly, did you know? Because uh, well, obviously you're you're up in the the, the kind of the, the upper Cotswolds, uh, and I'm now down in the lower Cotswolds. So the upper Cotswolds was where all the wool merchants lived, and they they got all the money. And uh, down here, where all the mills are, uh, they made they made all the the woolen cloth and so on and so forth. And back then, and still now, they use teasels to uh, to bring up the weft from from the, the the cloth, which then you slice off, and that's how you get a lovely billiard table um, uh, or you know nice woolen suits or whatever. It's because the weft's been lifted up with teasels and then chopped off, and that used to be a skilled trade. You used to you know have a bloke with a knife that could 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 do that, and then in the advent of machinery, uh, uh, these poor chaps were were really worried because. Um, uh, these they brought in rather than just a bloke with a knife they brought in this system of spinning knives uh that could then you just run the cloth through it lower it onto it and then you chop off all the bits that the teasel had raised uh, and so that they were kind of out of a job and then there was a guy called uh budding uh 
so Mr. Budding was a, a, a bit of an inventor, and he looked at this and he thought, oh, I think there's something else I could do with that. Can I, have, can I borrow one of those? So he takes one of these spinning knifey things, you know, these huge long ones, take, gets a small section of it, flips it, sticks a handle on it, and invents the world's first lawnmower. Wow. There right. you go. There you so go. he was a he was a budding inventor, you could say. He was literally that. Um and the only reason I wouldn't say that is because that is a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just... But again, what other podcast would you get the words teasel and weft in the same sentence? <gasps> I mean, what a great couple of words that is. <laughs> Teasels and weft. Weft <laughs> me. Sounds like an old one those sort of um like the, the, um Crime dramas, you know, where they, the Teasel and Weft detective, <laughs> detective agents. partnerships. Yeah. Yes. Like dodgy firm of solicitors, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm Dave Teasel and he's Andy Weft. <laughs> <laughs> Teasel and Weft. Oh, it's, what's it, what's it? Um, uh, Delil and Pasco. Yes, there you yeah. go. Uh, oh, it's I've just, got a it's, and it's the upper and lower Cotswolds versions of Delil and Pasco. So, just to clarify, Left. Uh, your number seven—that's my new folk bower. Is it lawnmower or Kalashnikov? Which is the one you're going for? I'm going for lawnmower because you're I think for the world needs to be a lovely place with nicely tended uh, Means, squares yeah. of grass. No, and mm. I suppose if you could, if you lie down on the ground, you could still cut your grass with a Kalashnikov, couldn't you? You could, and I'm sure that if you lay down on the ground, you could do a lot of damage with a lawnmower. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Anybody's seen the happening? Was it the happening? No, what was the, the M Night Shyamalan? That was the happening. The happening, yeah. yeah, a terrible movie. But somebody dies exactly that way. With a do they? Yeah. I have not seen that, and now yeah. I won't. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't no, either. Yeah, I, I was going to say he'll regret seeing yes. that movie. Uh, go on, then, Neil. You're number seven. So mine's really highbrow. This invention, it's the pot noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And this is a lifesaver for me because um, now my son's off at uni and doing all his bits. I seem to be back and forth, finishing work and not having time to cook something proper. And I've become a real lover of the different pot noodles there are. And I think it's a great invention because it's so easy to... Well, it's obviously it was invented probably in Japan or China or somewhere like that with their quick noodles. But yeah, I'm a huge fan. Original curry all the way. Yeah, you can't you can't beat them. I, I'm actually, um, I mean, why bother with expensive pot noodles when you can get the 15p one with a little kind of packet of uh, spice um, a little sachet? Yeah, yeah, with the yeah with the label that you can't read. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I love it. Yeah. And, Convenience. And, and, and behind that is freeze drying, of course, which is a, an amazingly complex process which I know nothing about. Wow. Well, there we are. We stumped, you stumped the expert there, Neil. I know. Highbrow I am. High Indeed. Brow. In highbrow with pot noodle. There yeah. you go. Just add water. Okay. Uh, my number seven, uh, which has got lots of water added to it, is a washing machine. Now, there are, you can put washing machine in with a dishwasher and tumble dryer, all these things that make life easier. You know, because back in the old days where you'd be washing it with a, what was the thing? The washboard, obviously. And that would on a rock back in, the, back in the old days, taking your stuff down to the river. Uh, but a washing machine is not just an amazing invention that makes things easier. It's when they go wrong, they're a pain in the ass. Like if they get blocked, they're just a pain in the ass to fix. And they're nothing but a pain in the ass. Then you're doing nothing but complaining about them. 
But when they work, they are amazing, and they're amazing things. Uh, thoughts? I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> I broke one. Oh, my rock and uh, roll. No, no, that's not fair. Uh, so, because um, uh, we had uh, a washing machine um, cylinder fire pit. <gasps> oh, a great right. reuse job for a washing machine cylinder is is to make, use it as fire pit. And our washing machine broke and it was rattling around. And uh, so I thought, I'll make a fire pit. So I had uh, a lot of... Um, I'd call it fun, but have you tried ripping apart a metal box with your bare hands? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's flipping dangerous. I'll say that. It's, so, and uh, then I, so I, I finally managed to get the, the cylinder thing out of it, but it's out of the metal box. But then it's the cylinders in a sealed plastic box, oh, which right. I then had to smash apart. And I finally managed to smash apart the, the, the plastic box and got the cylinder out and found that the entire mechanism that was holding the cylinder onto the back wheel that spins around uh, had rotted the metal had rotted and so there was literally nothing enabling this thing to spin around um and that's kind of the end of the story it's not a was, great it story. was it therapeutic was it therapeutic though to smash well the-, the irony was having them work through that over several weeks of uh, trying to get this thing open i then ended up with a washing machine fire pit and then I realised we have a washing machine fire pit, <laughs> so I had no use for it whatsoever. And I could have just taken the whole thing to them. But there is a, a happy ending, um, which is that I put it on eBay, and then someone bought it, not for very much, but they said this is the best thing you can use for washing gravel. Really? So how versatile is that? Yeah. Well, there you I go. Know. I mean, it's been a while since I've washed gravel, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's not something. But when you need to do it, yeah, it's I mean, up there now. The I know now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Colin is gone. Educational. Yes, I suppose you could you could mine mine for gold with it as well. Then could you? You could, but the gold might all fall out of the holes. I was going to say, yeah, it have to be really big bits of gold, and that, that's not going to work. No, okay. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll just leave it to washing gravel. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So back to you, Stuart, for number six. Well, I said we'd be talking about it in a minute. My number six is planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm. Um, I love this film. Um, um, I'll freely admit now, a lot of my top ten between here and one, uh, they're all quite interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. As as is the way with all of these, because they're all equally on a par. Mm. So it was just sort of as I enjoyed them, as I watched them, I was trying to rank them. Um, like I say, there's a sweetness to this film that's just, it walks that fine line between being utterly fucking stupidly ridiculous, everything that keeps happening to them, but just keeping it on that even keel where you don't drop into the, this film's pissing me off now. Um, it's got amazing set pieces in it. The wanting to rent a car. Yeah. Just like 19 fucks in that short two minute thing. And just the way she turns around and was like, when he's like, what does that mean? It like, means you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, I can't remember where I was working at the time, but I actually memorised that whole, it became my party piece. People, <laughs> where I was working, people would go, Pav, Pav, do the planes, trains, and automobiles thing. And I would do the whole thing. I can't, I can't do it now, but yeah, I, I will talk about it a little bit more later on um, as a movie. But that was also the time when I was, I would always want to be somebody else. Right. So what year was it? 1987. 1987. Yeah. So that would have also been around the time of, I think Moonlighting was on at the same, around yeah, that time, yeah, wasn't it? Been, yeah. So I, at that time, I modeled my whole life on Steve Martin and Bruce Willis in like what I wore. I got myself a overcoat because Steve Martin had an overcoat in um, planes, trains, trains and automobiles. And I wanted to dress just like Bruce Willis did and Steve Martin did. And there was something about Steve Martin in that movie he wasn't a nice person to start with in that movie. He had a really good arc in that movie because he was... A bit I, I think he's all right. You can feel his frustration building. Oh, absolutely. He's stuck mm. with this guy that he can't stand, which we've all been stuck... Either, you know, at work, you've been forced to work with that one guy or whatever. Yeah, I'm normally um, the one, the other person. <laughs> it's normally the one that's just, everyone's it, trying to get you, away You from. can feel why he's becoming more and more of an arsehole as all this shit just keeps piling on him. Um, yeah. But it's just, I mean, a huge part of it as well is John Candice Forms. Um, John Hughes is writing as well is amazing yeah um, really makes you fall in love with both characters um even the small characters you kind of fall in love with like kevin bacon is the guy racing for the cab yes yes you're like you prick yeah um, just the way john candy steals his cap at the beginning <laughs> yeah yeah and it's got so much heart i mean i still like the bottom lip starts trembling near the end when uh you know hello mrs page and I'll, i want yeah. to introduce you to my good friend del griffiths and you're like oh god and every time you go away is playing in the background it's it's beautiful it's, it's and i think it's one of john hughes's best movies i think yeah, yeah. steve Martin's yeah. so good in that bit as well where he's going off on the train and he's remembering everything he's starting to laugh about yeah. it. and it's it's borderline corny but 
and then he starts to remember the way Dell talked about his wife and the fact he'd not been home for years and all that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Dream um, Academy, that Dream Academy song. Yeah. Playing those chords mm. that are playing is beautiful. That that I think that made my top ten movie songs or it was it was close to it, but but yes, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. Yeah. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. So go on then, Neil, you're number six. Um, wow, Stuart didn't put cameos in, but I did. Little Shop of Horrors, I love this musical. And I think Steve Martin is the highlight as the yeah. sadistic dentist. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, hilarious, hilarious song, hilarious performance. Um, he chews the scenery and hams it up all the way through. And uh, I just love it. And the fact, you know, I love it when Bill Murray goes in, uh, the fact that he throws him out, you sicko, uh, <laughs> right through. It's just, yeah, very funny. Yeah, that's one of my honourable mentions for Yeah, it's, the, it's, the reasons I said, but he is amazing in it. You know, with a with a musical that's full of great songs, his song is the best. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I go to most show. on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, he kind of steals the show in that movie. He does. It? He really does. So, yeah, that's that one. Okay, <laughs> nothing well, else. There's to not say. much. You can't really talk about the whole movie because he's only in what five minutes of it. Uh, you know, and spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen comes to a sticky end or yeah. a chewy end. That um, is true. That is true. But yeah, and he's uh, one of his uh, rare. Black hair, uh, yeah, yeah, on his motorcycle. Yeah, okay, (laughs) and and that's all you have to say on that, isn't it? Well, there's not. Like I said, it's hard to elaborate even more when it's one song, basically, and a little bit either end. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, Right. So my number six was the jerk. Kim, 1984. Okay, 84 was another one I struggled with because um, big Frankie fan, big Wham fan. So they sort of dominated a lot of it, but in the end had to go do the new It's Christmas Band-Aid. Okay. 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 I mean, you well, can't, get, can't get more iconic than that. No, Kim. absolutely. No, it's, um, no, yeah. it's, I know, yeah. I mean... Just become a mainstay of every Christmas yeah. album ever Absolutely. released as well now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And any of the other versions, well, we'll forget the stocking no. and walk. Yeah, version. no, don't even go there. <laughs> yeah. But when they did the 20 years or whatever it was yeah. version, yeah, yeah. still didn't quite have the no. same spark. And it, it won't, it won't, will it? No. That, that was a moment in time. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. A moment in time. And that's a very good one. That is mm. a very good one, Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, go on then Neil so Kim I did go for a Frankie song <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I love this song I even bought the 12 inch which again I still have yeah. uh, two tribes two tribes yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, we talk about videos yeah Frankie goes to Hollywood videos I you, mean wow you didn't see them did you <laughs> not a lot of them yeah. we didn't no. see because they weren't allowed to play them no unless you stayed up at 11 o'clock on channel yes. 4 and watched that's it that's <laughs> it and watched it wasn't it but yeah. this one was um, Reagan and Gorbachev wasn't Just, it fighting yeah. uh, no, Reagan and um, it Brezhnev? wasn't Gorbachev it was um, Brezhnev wasn't it uh, no it wasn't Brezhnev I thought it was Gorbachev <sighs> no it was the guy with the white hair wasn't it it was the it was, it couldn't the, have been Yeltsin yeah, thinking no, because was. Yeltsin wasn't until like after Gorbachev. Mm, no, it definitely wasn't Gorbachev because Gorbachev was the one that had the thing, yeah, on the head, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and Brezhnev was the one with the big bushy eyebrows, 
It was the one. You, I mean, I can't go onto Google, so I need, you need to find out who it was. But oh, let me let me quickly have Google. a little look. Yeah, but, yeah. So talk amongst yourselves okay. while I don't. You tell that us was, yours, Pav. Well, I've gone for a Frankie song as well. Um, <laughs> yours is relaxed, right? <laughs> it's not. It's the power of love. Oh, the power of love. Because for me, wow. the power of love is not just a great Christmas song. It is a great ballad. It is. Yep. I think it was in. Uh, it might have been. It's been, definitely been in the top ten of whether it's sad songs or songs that make you cry or something like that. Wow! For me, the power of love is just one of those great, great love songs. Yeah. Um. But I was a. I I bought all of Frankie's like singles on cassette single. Right. Okay. Remember those? Uh, yeah. Cassette like, singles. And, yeah. And things like well, relax. Two tribes. The whole. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Pleasure Dome, yeah. was fantastic. It was such a mm. great album. Mm. Um, mainly for the fact that, what was, I, what was I? So I would have been 15 at this point. And I've already made the 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 um, statement that I didn't have a girlfriend at 15. Mm. But there was one of the songs on Welcome to the Pleasure Dome that the, the end of the song was the sound of a man and a woman having sex. Wow. Can you not remember that? It's no. just, it's like, it's grunting and groaning and stuff like that. And for a 15 year old boy or man, yeah. a young man yeah. that didn't have a boy, a, a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very, very helpful. I'm just yeah. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> because I and he didn't have that. the internet. Yeah, yeah exactly. The internet, <laughs> internet was like years away. And you found nothing in the bushes in the local park. There was nothing in the bushes in the local park. I didn't have the nerve to try and pretend to, like my balls hadn't dropped and go and say, excuse me can i have that magazine up there i couldn't do anything like that so it was perfect mm. because if, the, if your mum came in you went i'm just listening to the frankie album with the headphones on box of kleenex right by his side <laughs> come on eileen, come on, eileen. <laughs> so it was ronald reagan yeah and it was constantine chenenko chenenko there you go i think he was the one between brezhnev and gorbachev gorbachev, gorbachev. Wow. Welcome to the political podcast. (laughs) I mean, we've done everything in this podcast. We've done (laughs) politics, we've done everything. (laughs) It's just a Wednesday night. It's just a normal Wednesday night. It is. (laughs) Go on then, Lindsay, your number four, then, please. Number four, uh, I believe this was in one of your sound effects in the intro. It's Hey Ya by Outcast. Nice. I just, it was tremendous when it came out. It was like 2003. I was like beginning in college, you know, I think it was like a sophomore or something. And it just was one of the coolest double albums ever. And then this song in particular just transcended everything. It's still one of the happiest sounding songs, but actually if you look at the lyrics again, super dark, super sad, you know, in the end, he's just heartbroken. And then he even says, you know, you don't care about this. You just want to dance, you know, and he goes on. I'm paraphrasing very badly, but uh, (laughs) I love Andre 3000. I love the video. I love he's playing all the instruments and goofing off. And I think he's one of those just insane musical geniuses that cannot be contained. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. bummed we don't hear more from him or maybe he's sending you know producing a lot of stuff and putting out a lot of stuff i'm just missing it but there was this moment in time where like he ruled the world to me um and yeah this song is just so fun in every possible way and it also is if you listen to it it's the weirdest tune like it doesn't sound like good but it sounds great like i don't know how to describe it it's a really Mm -hmm. bizarre instrumental but uh such a fun song 
I've, I've, I would love to know what they sound like live. Have you ever seen them live? The same. Yes, I have. I have. I saw them at another Coachella. I've been, I went for several years. I don't go anymore. Old and past all that. But uh, <laughs> I went and saw them when I was like 30. And it was it was just like, oh, my God, Outcast is here. It's like 10 years past their prime. And it was so much fun. Really? Uh, yeah, it really sounded great. I mean, that was a huge stadium thing. And I'm or not stadium. It's a huge field you're in and they're playing on a stage. I'm very far away because I don't want to deal with crowds like you know being in the middle of people like that i just didn't but um it was it was so much fun they sounded really really great like spectacular okay that is a great the video is like you say fantastic so much fun Mm -hmm. so much fun that's a great one yeah go on then neil you know before so why wouldn't we have a we have a list of greatest pop songs and we haven't i haven't put the queen of pop in yet so i think i ought to ray of light madonna Ray of Light, okay. Mm, I I love this song. I really, really... I think this is one of her strongest songs. Um, It's certainly my favourite of her albums, especially now. Uh, Probably never used to be. Uh, I spoke about my love of Madonna in the early years, you know, the borderlines, the Into the Groove and everything. I absolutely love that period, and I've kept all the 12-inch vinyl from the time and everything. But Ray of Light is the album that I think it's still her finest album. It's William, was it William Orbit, wasn't it, that one? Uh, if you say so. Yeah. You're not a fan of Ray of Light, the album? No, I, it's great. I, I prefer her early stuff. I mean, Material yeah. Girl was a song that was on my list. Right. As, as like a great pop song. But yeah. it's, it's Madonna, isn't it? You can't... Yeah, um, she, she, the Queen just, I wish I wish she would just like quit now. And that'd yeah. be it. You know, so we can just remember her, how mm. she was. I think Ray of Light was the last great Madonna album. Like, yes. I don't think there's been one since that. Music. Some people argue that music was is good. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. But. I had a, what is it? Like a prayer on mine up until this morning again. Mm. It was, it's probably number 11 or 12. And that that's my go-to karaoke song. I do not have like a good singing range. Like there's a very specific range I can hit. <laughs> and like a prayer is in that range. And most songs are not. So. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that was, Neil, that was both of our favorite 1980, whatever it was, number one last week, wasn't it? Like a Prayer. What's that, sorry? Like, like a Prayer, like yeah. A prayer was on, yeah. 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 yeah we, we, I mean, we, I think we, that's we, my favorite Madonna song, without yeah. a doubt. But um, yeah, I would, I would have gone for Material Girl. But there's the thing, I, I, there's so many of her songs that I absolutely love, like I said. And, you know, there's not many records that I kept from the 80s of pop genre that I thought, oh, I'm going to keep that. But all the Madonna ones, I really did keep. And yeah, I think she's she's great. But I will say, Pav, do watch that last live show. It was, it, it's been broadcast on the wherever. Uh, it was, you'll catch it somewhere. And she did it like for two nights in London at the Palladium or how yeah, yeah. It's a proper theatrical show and it's phenomenally good. Where did you see that? It was on I think it was Sky Arts. Right. I think. But it was so good. It, I, I started watching it at the beginning. And it was like three hours long, because obviously the commercial breaks and everything. Yeah. But I didn't stop. I watched the whole bloody thing. I thought it was so good. Wow, that's not like you, Neil. No, I'm a five minute man and done. <laughs> <laughs> tag for the show <laughs> um, like every time he's always got to lower the tone no. yeah. 
<laughs> it's your mind that took it elsewhere, isn't it? I don't think so, Neil. I think everybody listening to this will have had the same thought. Um, <laughs> dirty, okay. people. <laughs> dirty people. Okay, my number four was also part of the uh, one of the clips from earlier on. Um, it's Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. Now, I could have. I think I could have chosen quite a lot of different Bruno Mars songs. The reason I chose this one is there's a specific piece of video of our family that is one of my favourite pieces of video ever. Uh, we all went and saw uh, Bruno Mars live and I can't remember which one of my daughters, we were doing a uh, selfie or a TikTok or whatever it was, just at the point when it's um, don't believe me, just rock or whatever yeah. whatever it is and we're all dancing and it is just it makes my heart warm every time i see that video because it's all of us all together all joined in this like one song of like just loving the music and just dancing to it and it's just my favorite video one of my favorite videos ever I won't put that one on the video playlist because it's a bit creepy to put, say, it's private to, you, to put a home video on there. But it's it, it's one of the things that makes this song that much more special to me. But I think Bruno Mars is like a modern day prince. I think the guy is so talented. Mm. And the fact that he can play any instrument, he can sing anything, whether he's like covering an Adele song or, or whatever. He just seems to be able to do anything. And his... Um, Super Bowl halftime show is phenomenal. It is absolutely amazing. If you ever get a chance to see it, I'll put that on the show on the video playlist. He's just one of those guys that you know. Part, part of me thinks it's amazing, and part of me thinks you son of a gun, and you've got everything. You know, you can do everything, and you've got it all wrapped up in a little five foot six package. Bless him. Um, so Lindsay will ask the question again. Are you a fan of Bruno Mars or? I really like Bruno Mars. Uh, again, I'm, I don't have like a bunch of his albums, but I have a lot of his singles on playlists and things. Uh, to me, he's the new Michael Jackson more mm. than the. I mean, again, I I don't have the uh, understanding of Prince that everybody in this in this chat has, but to me, he's he's Michael 2.0. And hopefully not creepy. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, time will tell on that, I'm afraid. Okay. So, uh, Crystal, Elton John, and Bernie Taupin was your number three. So, Neil, your number three. So, if I say this name, Mark Oliver Everett, does anybody know who that is? No. He's known as E, and he's from the band Eels. Um, Do you know the band, Crystal? No, have not heard of them. Ah, LA band. Um, Another band that I've been with from the journey from the start. Um, Of course, I was in my 20s. They released their album in the mid-90s. Loved it and have subsequently followed him since. And again, he writes what I feel to me, if that makes sense. So a lot of his songs resonate hugely with me and what's going on and what's being done and things like that. So... Yeah, I just had to put him there because of the way I followed his career, been to see him live and everything. Um, Again, I know they're not for everyone. And they do very much, he does very much, um, it's either full out, I'm not going to say rocky, let's say a full out funky tune, or he does a very good ballad. I don't know, I just, I admire his songwriting immensely. That's from Eels, yeah? Eels, yeah. Right. 
Not to get confused with the mighty Bush's eels. Okay. <laughs> there you are. Fair enough. Oh, he's, he's one of your favourites. You've mentioned him and that band numerous loads times. Of times on yeah, them. and well, you know how many times I've been to see Indeed. them. I even Indeed. took my son to see them as his very first gig. There, there you go. go. Wow. And he's, he's been thanking you ever since, hasn't he? Oh, he loved it. Yeah, well, go. it's given him the bug. So. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Uh, my number three. If you're going to have songs and songwriters, anybody that has listened to all of our music podcasts will know I have to have this man in because I love him. And it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. It doesn't matter <laughs> any angle that I can get Lin-Manuel Miranda in there. You, If you want to talk about great songs, but songs that are complicated that how the hell did he write these songs and put these songs together? Even if you just talk about Hamilton and you look at those and you think, how did he do that? How did him as a man, as a flesh and blood and bones and muscles and sinews and brains and just able to come up with things like that? And then also go on to everything else that he's, that he's done, whether it's written for Moana or Encanto. Mm. I'm just I'm in his groove as I've said before I'm anything that guy does I am just there for and it's just crazy it was crazy that it took me like a year and a half to watch mm-hmm. Encanto it was crazy that I didn't really think it was because of lockdown that I watched Hamilton the first time and now I just am in love with everything that that man does. So I don't know what anybody else feels about him, but I'm I'm right there with you. I I was fortunate enough to see Hamilton on Broadway. I did not see original cast, right? So I did not see Lynn there. But I I am right there with you. I'm in love with everything he does. Mm. He's a great songwriter, and and the fact that he was it last year with Encanto, he managed to get a hit with the song which has been a long time coming from a, a, uh-huh. a Disney film you yeah. know that it was at number one for however long yeah, yeah we don't talk crazy. about Bruno yeah. that's it it was, it was huge and it was, so, it was, it was really knocks. strange because because obviously with the fact that we've got like little grandkids that like d- just devour Disney films and you have to put them on just to keep them quiet yeah so we put I put Encanto on for like my granddaughter and just think right I'll leave her to it and you know and it didn't even occur to me that it was Lin Manuel Miranda and so until I saw a documentary like a little making of I thought I didn't realize didn't realize he was involved in that so I sat down the next time with my granddaughter and I was bawling my eyes out because it was so beautiful <laughs> but some of the songs are just like great energetic mm-hmm. you know songs but but you know the the um oh, I can't remember the name of the song now but the the sort of sad the couple of sad ones that are in it and I was just in pieces and he's got that knack mm. with me you know um, it's quiet uptown which is the is the one from um, uh, Hamilton, Hamilton that when we went and saw it uh, in London that must have been a couple of years ago now luckily everybody was wearing masks because it was still COVID times. So nobody could see me blubbering and crying like a just a little wuss when it's quiet uptown. It's a beautiful song, but it is heartbreaking. I won't spoil it for anybody that have you seen Hamilton yet, Neil? Hands up, apologies. <sighs> oh, come on, you've got to do it. If not, part I'm gonna me, I'm gonna come around your me, place and sit there with you and make you watch ooh, it. <laughs> part of me a part of me because you know I do like to go to the theatre a lot. Yeah. So part of me wants to go and see it rather than watch it on the telly. So I've put it on the list for next year to go I w- to the But I would say watch it on the TV first because it is the OG 
cast. Yeah. And but then if if it's that good, and then the live version, I know it should be. The live, the live version was fantastic, but mm. they're just not as good as the OG cast. They're just not... Right. Uh, well, and that's no, dis- Christmas, no disrespect Christmas to the period. yeah, no disrespect to the guys and gals that mm. are doing it. It is they they are fantastic, but you you got to watch it with the original crime. But yeah, so number three for me, Lim Manuel Miranda. Nancy, your number two, please. Number two is Hurt by Johnny Cash. That's my number two. <laughs> hey, that's my number two. Yes. Um. What do you want to say about it? You know, like, Johnny Cash in and of himself is a unique character. He's got a lot of music, a lot of history, and just a a big stamp in the music industry, whether it's country, rock, Mm. or whatever. And this song is, is, is totally something for him to tackle and do and he did a great rendition of it um and like he is like a perfect like companion for Trent Reznor with singing this song because they both you can feel from both of them like the energy and the hurt and the despair and the just total breakdown of you know what's going on in the song and and he, he can make it sad and depressing too you know, so you know. I think, it, and then just the guitar, just the guitar playing. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, it's 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 weird because, like I was saying about people like John Bon Jovi and that, where their voices have gone, and mm-hmm. Johnny Cash has got one of those voices that you know who it is as soon as they start singing. But right. because he's so old and sort yeah. of almost frail and sort of almost at death's door it is perfect yeah. for singing this song if it yes. had been him singing the way he sings Ring of Fire it wouldn't right. work as a song no it wouldn't but no. because he's no. like fragile and and sort of like he's he's had his life it just the emotion in the song is yeah. perfect and I'm not a Nine Inch Nails fan I, again there's another one of the bands what? yeah it's another one of those bands that I don't understand I've listened to some of their song and it always feels to me like there's a chord that's out of tune in every single song yeah. there's. So I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. In my very simple and neat and tidy brain, there shouldn't be like a little quirky yeah. note or something. Mm-hmm. But, but this song is like, yeah. it is heartbreaking. And the, mm-hmm. fa- and the video yeah. as well. I think we spoke about it on oh, yeah. top 10 music videos, didn't we? we we've spoken about it quite a lot on here. I think it yeah. came up in the movie songs and all sorts. But I mean, I'm... I, I'm not going to spoil it. It's, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, don't, it's, don't. The, I could, uh, yeah. but it's his voice in it. It just it sums up the title of the song. Absolutely. And that that whole album is is mm. amazing. Mm. You know? Yeah. And some of the songs that he cut, I think he did a Depeche Mode song too. Oh, did like, he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he did, did Personal, Personal Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Was that on that yeah, album or was that did. the one after? I... It's on one of those. Yeah, because he did the two, didn't yeah. he? He did the one with her on, and then uh, whether it's... Yeah, it's on one of those. Yeah. They're both beautiful yeah. albums, aren't they? Yeah. Just Very yeah. good. Okay, so, and, Neil, your number two was Man Who Sold the World. Yes. By Nirvana. My number two was her, Johnny Cash. Okay, the last year then, Lisa, 1979. Okay. First of all, this was their debut single. Ooh. 
six weeks in the U.S., never higher than sixth in the U.K. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that like it's my fault. Why did you say that with such vitriol like it was my fault? I felt like it was. <laughs> oh, well, it probably was, yeah. I should have gone out and bought it 100,000 times and it would have been number one. Um, it was a Capitol Records' fastest gold status debut album since the Beatles. Wow. And it is My Sharona by The Knack. So, there you go. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it before. Absolutely, yes. But you know, one of the interesting little trivia things that I uh, was reading is Quincy Jones was working on the album Thriller with Michael Jackson. And he said to Michael Jackson, we need a song like My Sharona. Oh, right. So he wrote Beat It. No. (laughs) Isn't that cool? Beat it. Beat it. (laughs) Oh, dear. I mean, I wouldn't have put those two songs in the same sort of breath to be fair no no but i mean you could kind of see a little bit of that beat that he's got going yeah, in my i suppose song. yeah i guess maybe it was that energy but quincy jones liked the song so much that's that's where the inspiration came for that um and then the other thing of course uh, i would be um uh, remiss if i didn't mention uh weird al yankovic's cover of my bologna <laughs> that's right but then he also did uh, eat it as well he also did a cover of like his own version of the song that was like inspired by the song yes. what, what a genius weird al is did you see the, the movie that i haven't movie? seen it yet no no i haven't i've heard it's very very good i'm going to reserve opinion until you see it and then we'll talk okay uh, fair enough I, I feel like maybe i should go back and watch it again because you know of everyone's comments i feel like i might have missed something so um, but yeah, I, I'll wait until you've seen it. And then okay, we'll that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Absolutely. Um, okay. One more thing about my Sharona. Yeah. Uh, it regained attention uh, when George uh, W. Bush, former president, uh, um, they realized he had it playing on his iPod. Oh, really? One of the songs on his iPod. So that's where it got some fame uh, later in the uh I don't know. When was he president? 2000. Maybe I have it here. 2005. Oh, right. Yeah. There there you go. go. Presidential seal of approval. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So Neil's um, 1979 was Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall, part two. And he's got to get Pink Floyd in there somehow. Even if it's a movie podcast, he's got to get Pink Floyd in there somehow. And uh, my 1979 was Video Killed the Radio Star by Buggles. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's about as 80s a song that you can get in the 70s. Uh, just, it's one of those great, great tunes. And I'm not sure. It was only number one for one week, yeah. And it was the first ever item played on MTV. That's right. Um, I didn't realize I, that. I had a, a, a friend in high school at the time whose dad worked with MTV. Um, and so they had, he had mentioned to all of us that there was going to be this new Thing on TV, um, and so we all gathered to watch the premiere video on the the first night um, at his house. And it was, you know, I think we all just were left there with our mouths just wide open, like, what What is this? Yeah. And then the number of videos that came after that. Um. Oh my God. I mean, I don't know if some of those songs would have been successful had it not been for the videos. From I think MTV. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 
it became something else for the for the acts to think about, wasn't it? It wasn't just about how the song sounded, it was how the song looked as well. Exactly. A lot like this podcast. A lot like this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. You're missing out if you're only listening to it. You should be right. going with the, the YouTube version where it's in full HD colour. We've got colour. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, sound coming into both ears. It's amazing. Wow. Just technology is just unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> On Zoom. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.